and I deliver you. So why would you be thinking that I wouldn't see you through? Didn't I walk on the water, calm the raging sea, spoke to the wind that it hushed and I gave you peace? Didn't I need the rescue? Hear you when you call. and tell your visitor a visitor hello welcome y'all make sure y'all go around the church and make somebody feel welcome this morning get up out of your seats and go shake somebody's hand if they don't come to you you go to them
house of the Lord this morning. Make sure y'all go around the church and make somebody feel welcome this morning. We are so blessed to have so many visitors and friends and family with us today. Somebody give our band a big round of applause this morning, amen. You. You'll make your way back to your seats. I'm going to make a couple of announcements real quick, hallelujah. So good to be in the house of the Lord. You'll make your way to your seats. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Let's pray. Grab your seats, grab your seats, grab your seats. If somebody's still hugging and pushing, just push them. Hug, push, hug, push, hug, push. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. You guys in the back, grab your seats, grab your seats. Or just take a seat. Let's pray. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Grab your seats, guys. Grab your seats. So our men come to get ready to take up our offering. Let's just thank God for a minute. Father, thank you for what you're doing in this house this morning, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you so much. That's not something that I say lightly when I say the word love. When I tell my brothers and sisters I love them, I mean it. Because, God, you planted that seed of love in my heart. Love was not in my life before Christ like it was supposed to be. Maybe you're here today and you're always angry, always upset, always snapping at somebody. Let love abide in you this day. You know who God's talking to. You know who it is he's stepping on their toes right now. We ain't begun to preach. Let love abide in your heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Somebody say Amen. I got a couple of announcements real quick. Tonight at Caney Creek Cowboy Church, our little lambs from our lamb center are having a talent show tonight. 
tonight at 6 p.m., tonight at 6 p.m., we're going to have a talent show. All them kids have worked so very hard for you. So make sure you come back tonight and support them. Come on, somebody. When you're in your spot tonight, when you're in your spot tonight, that will show the future church that you support them. Just like when you come here and you get in your spot for Sunday morning and Wednesday night, I just feel so good that we're getting it. Let's let these kids know tonight that we're getting them being in church. Also, we put back on the books our car show for May the 23rd. Amen. We're going to be praying for we're going to be praying for good weather. We're going to be praying for sunny skies. So make sure you guys make sure you guys uh, if you signed up to help in the past, sign back up because we're going to need all the help we can get. We're about a month away for our car show. So today, today, me and my family have to go to a place in Washington, Texas today. So we won't be able to. But there, the car show that we were going to go hand out flyers to uh it's the conroe cruisers car show it's in downtown conroe so if you could see miss sarah after church sarah wave your head in the air like you just don't care <laughs> she has some flyers melanie has some flyers there's some flyers take some to that car show right after church check out them classic cars and invite those people to our car show amen so you can do that right after church luby stays open till two or I can preach to two. What do y'all want? Yeah. So praise God. Let's uh, let's make sure that we get those flyers and get them on the right deal. Brother Vic was telling me about a hot rod shop that opened up down there in New Caney that he's going to go and stop and see. So if you got a friend with a classic car, make sure you invite them. All the proceeds from our car show are going to go to support our Young Life Ministry. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Let me touch base on the Young Life Ministry real quick. It's at 6 p.m. too when church is going on on Sunday evenings. Uh, it's really kind of geared for young adults and, and kids that are driving. You can let your 12 and up go out there, but the Young Life Ministry is going to be doing a lot of stuff that they're going to be mobile. They're going to be driving around. So we're really trying to gear these up for college kids and adults and children with driver's license and young adults to build bonds. Amen. Amen. So they're going to be going places and doing things. So be in prayer for our young life ministry. We need to get these college kids in church. Amen. Amen. Also, guys, also, it's rodeo season again. Amen. If we can get a break in the weather, we're going to buck bulls. Right, Kenny Beavers? Are you ready, cowboy? If we get a break in the weather, we're going to buck bulls. We're going to team rope. We're going to uh, do some barrel racing. So make sure, guys, when Kenny hollers, you guys come running and be ready to help. Uh, every week, me and Kenny talk about what we're going to do, and we start to plan something, and God has other plans, and we'll just go with God's plans over our plans anytime. Amen. So praise God. But be ready because we're ready to buck some bulls and do some barrel racing and roping. Amen. There's also going to be a calendar out Wednesday night. There will be a calendar that will talk about all of our summer things that we got going on. Make sure you put that calendar on your refrigerator, and we're going to try to stay as close to that calendar, uh, weather permitting and God permitting, as we can. Amen? 
And also, tomorrow night is Women's Bible Study. Honey, would you tell them about that real quick? Yes, it's tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, so bring a dish if you can. God always pro provides enough. Unfortunately, I do not have daycare, so dads or um, maybe grandmas, maybe you can take your child over to grandmas or dad. Grandpa, if dad's at home, grandpa, because grandma needs to be here. That's right. That's right. So it's for adult ladies only. Uh, you need that one-on-one -on -one time with adult ladies and just fellowship with your sisters in Christ. So we'll have a great time. It's at 7 o'clock in here. And a lot of times people put, a lot of times people put pressure on Mary on on that Monday. Oh, I can't find a babysitter, or I can't do this, or I can't do that. We we don't have any daycare, so I, I I'm sorry. That's just kind of the way it is. Uh, you got all day and tomorrow to try to prepare for that. Try to try to try to coach your husband in to tell him you're not babysitting them; they belong to you. You help me make them. So, uh, and, and then, and then there's stuff that they talk about that teenage girls don't need to hear either. So it's 18 and above women's Bible study. Amen. Praise God. So be in your spot. The women talk, they share their daughter may not need to hear what mama's going through. Women's Bible study is really important. And we're gearing up for a men's Bible study coming soon, and we're going to stick to that too. We're praying about that and get that started again. Amen. Stand with me today as we pray over our offering. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Stand with me. Brother Chris, would you come to, come up here, Brother Chris? Come on. Come on. Will you help me pray over our offering today? Yes. Has God been good to you, young man? Yes, yes. All the time, ain't he? I love you. Chris is one of our faithful members here at Caney Creek Cowboy Church. And every Thanksgiving and Christmas, we get to be a true blessing to this young man and his family. Plus, all the time, Miss Vicky's kind of took him as one of her kids, and then the church just kind of adopted him. So, I bless you belong to everybody, brother. I don't know, huh? Uh, yeah, uh, I love you. So, when you give your resources to our church, they're going to make a difference in every young person's life in this community. Chris is included. Robert, good to see you in church, cowboy. Mr. Hawk, Richard, I'm sorry. How you feeling? Feel much, Amen. I'm glad. Praise God. I'm glad you're out of the hospital. Hey, I love you. See how my ADD kicked in? I just left you. Pray over our offering this morning. Lord, bless our offerings. Touch the giver. Touch the giver. And the non-giver life. And the non-giver life. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. For what you've done in my life. For, for what you've done in my life. Bringing people in my life through this church, through this church, through this ministry. Through this ministry. I've fallen in love with you. Jesus. I've fallen in love with you, Jesus. I love to sing. I love to sing with Miss Mary. With Miss Mary. Hang out with Miss Vicky. Hang out with Miss Vicky. And hug all these beautiful people. Hug all these beautiful people at this church. At this church. Bless our offering. Bless our offering. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name amen. 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 I'll give Chris a big round of applause. Amen.
that I face Stronger than the power of the grave Constant in the trial and the change This one thing remains One thing never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love, your love, and on and on and on and on it goes. And I never ever have to be afraid One thing remains One thing remains Your love never fails and never gives up And never runs out on me
good to be in the house of the Lord, amen. If you brought a Bible this morning, I want you to open it up. Amen. I just want to warn you today before I preach. In my spirit today, I feel like I'm not supposed to run around the church or stand on my head or do any jumping jacks or dress up like Richard Simmons this morning. <laughs> Water everybody in the church. Make flowers grow from wooden floors. This is not a message of salvation. This is going to be a teaching lesson today. Most of my Sundays, I, I, I really try to study and prepare and try to make it exciting and, and fun, and, and I gotta try to get you thinking. But this day, God wants me to teach, and I guess you need to learn, is why we're here to learn this morning. On Wednesday nights, we have some amazing Bible studies, but if you don't come on Wednesday night, you don't know about those amazing Bible studies. We get to teach a little bit on Wednesday night, I'm ringing or something. Uh, we don't get to teach a lot on Sunday mornings. We, we, we normally preach and preach messages of salvation and hope. And, but today is different. Today is a little different. Open your Bible to Luke 2. So if you want to take notes, if you want to take notes, you're more than welcome to. And if I start jumping around hollering, doing jumping jacks and all that stuff, that's just the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 2, verse 48. Got my Bible? Today I'm going to preach to you on the subject, I am, therefore I must. Say that with me. I am, therefore I must. So when they saw him, verse 48, Luke chapter 2, verse 48. So when they saw him... They were amazed, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. Verse 49, and Jesus said to them, Now it floors me just a minute, that 12-year-old Jesus, about to be a teenager, listen to me, moms and dads, you're going to like this. 12-year-old Jesus, about to be a teenager, is getting called down by his parents. Brothers and sisters, can I say this to you? It's all right to be mom and dad in your house. I need a little more highs in my voice. It's all right to call down your children when they're out of line and see what's going on in their life. Check their Facebook. Check their diary. Snoop! Snoop! You ain't got to check with Snoop. You be Snoop. Amen? A little more high, Coop. And he said to them, I love it that they checked on him. It thrills me that Jesus' parents had a lot of questions for their teenage son. But he said to them, why do you seek me? Do you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Now turn with me over to John 10 verse 14. You see, the first I must 
I must be about my father's business. John chapter 10, verse 14. Thank you for going with me this morning. Here you find Jesus again. He says, I am. Say that with me. Say it again. What was the other two words? Say it again. I am. I must. Touch three people and say, I am. And I must. I know that would confuse me. So uh. Here we find Jesus again. Listen to me, kids. Don't, don't talk in church. Pay attention. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. I lay down my life for my sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, to them I must, say that with me, I must bring them and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. So you see Jesus saying, I am and I must. What I want to preach to you today is a subject of I am, therefore I must because when you understand your I am, when you begin to understand who you are, when you begin to understand your I am, you become a powerful person. You become a powerful person when you begin to, begin to understand who you are. How many every day say, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I'm overwhelmed? This is why I wanted to teach you today, because when you find out your true identity in Jesus Christ, you have power. You have power. That's good stuff. You have power available to you because when you understand these two things, I am and I must, you become powerful. When you understand, number one, who I am, it deals with your identity. That's why I love our rodeos, our bull riding, our church in general. gives a lot of people an identity. A lot of these kids in these neighborhoods, they've learned how to ride bulls. They've learned how to become Christians. They've learned to love Jesus Christ as Chris loves Jesus Christ. They have found an identity in Christ through this ministry, through this church. They have found their identity, their I am. Dalton cracks me up sometimes. He comes home from school and he says, Daddy, these little kids around here, they drive me insane. I said, what's going on, boy? He said, I'll be coming in from a bull riding. I'll, I'll just want some money or I just want a buckle. And, and they'll say, I ride bulls too. And Dalton will say, well, where do you ride? Oh, I ride over at that Caney Creek Cowboy Church. Dalton will say, when was the last time you rode? Saturday night. Dalton said, well, that's funny. My dad's the preacher. We didn't do anything Saturday night. A lot of people, Mike, a lot of people, Danny, a lot of people, Granny, a lot of people try to make up these false identities of who you are. But God is the only one who will unmask you and let you see yourself. Just like on the road to Damascus, on the road to Damascus, God damasked Paul and let him see. Just like some of you need to be damasked this morning. And find your identity. Find out who you are. Who you are in Christ. I am deals with your identity. Who you are in Christ. I am the righteous of Christ Jesus. I am born again. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm on my way. God has a plan for me. I know my identity. Your I am, it gives you identity. Then there's something greater that God has for you. Watch.
Pay attention. There is something that greater that God has for each one of you. Brandon, each one of you. Jessica, God has something greater for you, Rafer, than, than just being saved. Than just being baptized. God has something greater for you, Tony, than just being saved and baptized. If he didn't have something greater for you, Chris, he should have just, when I baptized you, I should have just held you under and killed you right then and there. Some of y'all, I know your moms and dads say, that little heathen, I should have held him under a little longer. God's got something more for you, Paul, since, since you've been saved, since you've been baptized, since you've been born again, since you found your identity. God has something great for you. If not, he would have killed you a long time ago. Those drugs you did, that alcohol you drank, that car wreck you got into, should have took you out. But once you find your identity, God gives you a purpose with that identity. There is something even greater than, that God has in mind when he saved you. I am is attached to your life. Then you find your I must. I was telling my wife this this week at the revival. She said, them poor people didn't know what to think when you grabbed the mic. I said, baby, I just can't keep quiet. If you see me in church somewhere and the preacher's preaching and I'm fidgeting, that's called the preacher shake. I just want to say something. I, I can't not stop it. I found my identity in Christ. I know who I am. And I must. I must do what God has called me to do. When you find your I am like Todd found his song. His mom was a singer and a writer, but that didn't mean he was going to be a singer and writer. He could have been a bull rider. He could have been a lot of things. But when God got a hold of him, just like God's got a hold of Miss Mary Wise and made her the lamb center worker, and God's got a hold of some of you, and he's equipped you with the I must. A lot of problem with the church today, not this church, but with a lot of churches, even some in this church, they don't want to do anything but come to church. See, when you find your true identity, when you reveal who you really are, when you pull the mask off, some of you got the mask on this morning. When you get real with God, there's no way you can sit in those blue chairs and do nothing. There's no way you can sit in those blue chairs and do nothing. When you serve God and God has become a big part of your life, there's no way you can sit in those chairs. Ellen, she got this bass guitar. It's not all. It's still not on. It's not on because I don't know how to play it. Ellen sat out there in these blue chairs. Don Horner said, you know what I feel like God's calling me to go around and preach at other churches and sing to other churches? I said, man, where are we going to get a bass player from? I am found it's I must. And Ellen... I am, find it's I must in Ellen, and Lord put that talent in her life, and now she gets to use that talent. I, they, I am, therefore, attached to your life is an I must. It's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, I am what I am by the grace of God. I am what I am by the grace of God. 
And I like what another pastor said, and that's enough. I am what I am by the grace of God, and that is enough. Sometimes I get to go and preach in different places, and there's a bunch of pastors there, and they're so much more knowledgeable in the Word than I am. And there's so much more professional speakalism, I guess you could say. Is that a word, speakalism? Look that up in the dictionary. They're so much better with the word than I am. They can quote it. They don't need to stand behind notes. They can just get up and just blast it. And I'm sitting there and, this, and there's a revival going on. And I'm thinking, my turn is next. And I'm so nervous because all these great philosophers and theologians. And, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, my goodness, I'm next. These people are going to hate me. These people are not going to understand me. And then I have learned to adopt what Paul says. I am what I am. And that is enough. I am what I am, and that is enough. When I go do a wedding, I'm horrified. I am petrified. I get nervous. I don't even want to do them, I promise you. That's why I'm going to license Danny one day, and all he's going to do is weddings and funerals. <laughs> Man, I was going to ask him to marry me after church, but uh, <laughs> I get nervous. There's all these things I need to say, and I get all tongue-tied and all scared, and and I, and, I, and I get all nervous, and I, and I, and I think I'm going to forget something. And i got to sit down and say, I am what I am. And that is enough. You see, if God wanted somebody else to do that wedding, he'd ask somebody else to do that wedding. If God wanted somebody else to stand behind this pulpit, God would put somebody else behind this pulpit. If God wanted somebody else to lead what you're leading and what you're involved in and the ministry that you have, He would put somebody in your place. I am what I am, and that is good enough. Sometimes I'll be in the corner over there and I'll be saying, Oh, you're a professional, you're a professional. Don't cry now, don't cry, don't cry. I'm not too bad at weddings, but funerals, they make me nervous. I got to read, this is Cousin Joe, Job, Bib, Bob, Jimbo, Limbo, and Himbo. And they're from Pocan and Locan and Jocan. And I can't read very well. And the devil reminds me, oh, you can't say those names. All the way to a funeral. I'll be saying, Mary, read this obituary to me. Just read it to me. And I'll be just memorizing. John Smith, Tatum, Ohio. Married to Lucille Ball. And I'll get there, and I'll be so nervous, and I'll just close my eyes. I am who I am, and I must do what God has called me to do. I am. I found my identity. Once you find your identity in Christ, in Jesus Christ, and he attaches, listen, he attaches. You're not attached your butt to that blue seat. You're attached to the mission that God has for you. Not everybody's called to preach. Not everybody's called to teach. Somebody's called to play the bass. Somebody's called to play the keyboard. Somebody's called to lead the motorcycle. Somebody's called to build the church. Somebody's called to pop the latch. Whatever you're attached to, you ought to be willing to go at it saying, I am what I am, and that is enough. This is good stuff. I told you I wasn't going to preach, I was going to teach. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, I am what I am by the grace of God. I like those words. 
If God made somebody else to do your job, He put somebody else to do your job. If God wanted somebody else in the pulpit this morning, He'd have put somebody else in the pulpit this morning. So since He didn't, I am what I am, and that is enough. Watch this, pay attention. It's a freeing thing. It's a chain-breaking thing when you find your identity in Christ. Your identity is not in the bottle of a beer can. Your identity is not in a in, in hanging out with all those people who do marijuana. Your identity is not found on the back of a bucking bull. When you find your identity, it's a freeing thing. It's a chain-breaking thing. You can be who you are. You don't have to worry about what other people think. You can be who you are. You can love yourself because Christ loves you. It's a freeing thing when you learn your identity in Jesus Christ. When God told Moses to go down there and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. He didn't tell Moses to go down there and be like a little old shepherd boy. Go down there and knock on his door real lightly. Oh, he didn't come. Moses had all kinds of excuses. Touch three people and say, God's not worried about your excuses. When God called Moses to go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. He wasn't asking Moses to go down there like a little soft, little weenie shepherd boy. Told you I have limited vocabulary. A little shepherd boy. He didn't ask him to go down there and be all intimidated. God told Moses, you go down there and you stick your chest out and you say, God said, let his people go. And Pharaoh, if you don't want to, I'll turn my plague machine on you. God did not only send him, he also equipped him. Oh, that's good stuff, man. You ought to write that down. Use that on somebody not going to church. So once you establish your I am, you move into your I must. And I must deals with your purpose, with your mission, with your assignment, with what God has put you on earth to do. You're not put on earth just to be a mom or just to be a dad or just to be a grandma or grandpa. Just to work 40, 50 hours a week. Just to make money. God's made you for so much more. Yes, you got to be a mom and dad. Yes, you got to be a worker. God does not like lazy people. Yes, you got to go and you got to do your thing and hustle and use your gifts in town. But you're made for a mission, for a purpose. And the I must, the I must deals with your mission. With your purpose, Jesus says in John 10, I am the good shepherd. Then he says, I must bring them into the fold. Because he said, I am, he understood that I am comes with responsibility. And then he said, I'm on divine assignment, which is the purpose over my life. So I must be doing about my father's business. I must move you from just being there in a place of complacent to be compelling. To be compelling. 
to be compassionate, to be on fire, to be sold out. It moves you from a place of just wanting to just, oh, let me go get my 45 minutes of church on. Let me go ahead and stand for one song, but I'm going to sit for the rest of them. It moves you from a place uh, to compassion to where you're on fire i was talking with the band mates the other day and and every one of them seemed to agree that we're not going to get any better with a two-hour practice we need a six or seven hour practice we need to be here day and night getting ready for god to move and you know what there were they were like okay pastor i'm ready i'm ready let's do this thing day or night Around the clock, call on me for God and I'll be there. Is there anybody like that in this church today? Day or night, around the clock, God needs you to witness to your co-worker. God needs you to witness to your cousin that's coming over for the wedding. Day or night, around the clock, go over there and do what God has you to do. I am as attached with a compassionate I must. A compelling I must. A must that just burns in your side. My wife said, honey, can we ever just go somewhere and you don't grab the mic? (laughs) Baby, I can't help it. (laughs) And I don't need a literal microphone. (laughs) It can be at a rodeo. It can be at a Luby's. It can be at a baseball game. It can be on vacation on the side of the road. Around the clock, 24-7, God is calling you and I to serve Him with the I must. Because once you find your I must, you found your purpose. Uh, When I say I must, I am a purpose. I am a person. And I am on a mission. I must means you've had eliminated some things out of your life. How many are so happy they're not who they used to be today? Hey, pay attention to me right now. Pay attention to me right now. Don't lose me right now. And I must comes with a compelling compassion to move away from things that you know you shouldn't be doing. So <laughs> you give up. You eliminate. Say eliminate. You eliminate some things in your life that are not supposed to be there anymore. If it's a pornography, if it's a bad movie, if it's a way of language, if it's a drug, if it's an alcohol, if it's an addiction, you eliminate that from your life. And you know why you need to eliminate it? You need to eliminate like the Terminator, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You need to put on some leather, put on some glasses, and say, devil, you ain't got me no more. I ain't coming back. You need to have that kind of mentality. When I say I must, I am a purpose, I am a person, I am a mission. I must means you've had to eliminate some things in your life. I must means you had to put some things into your life, like church, reading your Bible, serving, place where you give your time, your talent, your treasure, where you stay for six-hour practices and you love being there, where you get up and you go and do what you've been called to do and you love what you've been called to do. God has a way of weeding those who don't love His work, His business, what He's about I must mean you 
you have something in your life that you need to give up and some things in your life that you need to add. There's something that you were put on earth to do. I must means I'm living my life that out of convenience, but out, not out of convenience, but out of conviction. There's a purpose for me being here on earth. It is non-negotiable in my life because I must accomplish this thing that God has put in this world for me to do. My life has a purpose beyond myself. What amazed me about the 12-year-old Jesus, he understood. Now, teenagers, you need to listen. Set up straight. Set up straight. Teenagers, you need to listen. I don't know how they can all cram on one little front row when they're like all sitting on each other. What amazes me about the the, the 12-year-old Jesus, and because Jesus had a divine attachment to his life, he said to his parents, I must be about my father's business. So when Jesus said that, he was saying that there's an attachment to me, even though I'm 12, even though I'm 13, even though I'm... Put your hands off that girl, man. What you doing? It's in church. Come here. Put, put, hey, come here. I know your daddy, boy. He'll slap you on the back. Put your hand. Put, put, put There you go, Jay. I love you. I'm just playing. You made me a little nervous. Hey, scoot over just a little bit towards Brooklyn. You're a big boy. You got to breathe out anyway. Feels better, don't it? All right. What amazes me about Jesus here, he's 12 years old. Listen to me, 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, 16-year-olds, 18 years old. So when Jesus says what he is saying here, he's saying there is attachment to me. You never read of Jesus smoking dope. You never read of 12-year-old Jesus partying, smoking dope, drinking beer. You never hear a 14-year-old Jesus going out with his friends and robbing somebody or stealing somebody. You never hear of Jesus going out and putting his girlfriends before his father in heaven. Why? Because, and I'm going to say it, because he had an attachment on his life. He had an I must. You see, teenagers, when you find your I must, you'll pick the right guys. And the right girls, the right friends, the right people. Adults, when you have an I must attached to your life, you'll pick the right friends, the right people, the right places you should go. When we first started Bucking Bulls, Brandon here, man, he helped me, man. He was here with me all the time. He moved across town. He actually would bring his tractor over, that arena that we use every day to win souls to Christ. It used to have trees in it. We had to cut the trees down, and Brandon would bring his, his uh, uh, stump grinder over, and we'd grind them on down, and then we, uh, that felt good. He would grind them stumps down. He would, <laughs> that wasn't that funny. He would grind them stumps down, and we would have we would we would make our arena bigger, trying to do things for God, trying to get out there to do something to 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 do something that would reach one person to find their identity, so that they could find their I must. God, listen to me. I must means I'm living my life, not out of convenience, but out of conviction. My life has a purpose. At 12 years old, Jesus knew his life had a purpose. Because you and I 
have an I must. We have the Holy Spirit guiding our life. We walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus was driven by his I must. Teenagers, every decision he made, he did by his I must. Adults, every decision that he made, our example, we're not to look to Michael Jordan or, or some pro rodeo cowboy as our, as our, as our leader, as our, as our mentor. Jesus is our leader and our mentor. And he had to make decisions. Y'all don't understand how hard this was for Jesus. He had to make decisions every single day, just like you and I do. And he chose that I'm on a mission and I must stay the course. Jesus was driven by his I must. Every decision he made backed his I must. He understood I must, which means to say, I can't do some things that you're doing. I used to party with the best of them. I can't do that anymore. I used to beat you up if you looked at me crazy. I can't do that anymore. I didn't care what other people thought about me. Can't do that anymore. I wore what I wanted. I acted the way I wanted. And I talked the way I wanted. I can't do that anymore. There's an attachment on your life where, watch, somebody needs to be convicted right now that you can't keep doing the same things that you're doing and call yourself a Christian. You ought to clap. That's good stuff. The ones that are sitting on their hands are not being convicted right now. They're okay with the life that they chose. That life that you chose, that you're choosing, is, is, if it's full of sin, it's going to leave you to hell because there's no sin allowed in heaven. Oh, that's easy. And when you have an I must, you just say, uh, I can't do what other people are doing. Opportunities have come to me since I've been in the ministry. All the opportunities that I've been given are some of those are not attached to I must. I've had people say, we'll give you this if you let us do this. We'll let you have this if you do that. No, I must be about my father's business. I had a guy one time open up a suitcase and he showed me where he gave his last church $150,000. He said, if you, if you let me join your church and you let me do this and you let me do that, I, I, this is the kind of money me and my family bring to the table. I let him preach one time. He got up here. He's one of those prosperity preachers, started preaching. John Hagee said this and Clef Low Dollar said this. and You all need to stand up, empty your wallets. That's the only way you're going to go to heaven. I sunk down in my church, right in my seat right there. and I was like, oh, my Lord, what did I just do? I never let him preach again. I never got none of his money. I must be about my father's business. I told him I didn't believe in what he was preaching. I didn't believe because my, my Bible says my, my Lord owns a thousand cows on a thousand hills. And if I'll just be obedient with mine, he'll open up the floodgates of heaven and pour it out on me. Can I say this to you? If you let, let listen to me, if you if you worry about tithing or giving or whatnot, God does not bless what you give. God blesses your obedience. It's not the amount; it's the heart. That's good stuff. I must release order in your life, and I must release His order into your life. It shows you what's least important 
and what's most important. When I have an I must released into your life, it shows what you should give your money to, what you should give your talent to, what you should give your gifts to. When you have an I must, it will overtake your life. It's what Balaam said. It's what Balaam got a hold of when he said the word of God was put in his mouth and he must speak it wherever he goes. Balaam said the word of God is put in my mouth and I must speak it. Wherever I go. When you have an I must, it will make you speak up. Watch this. Teenagers, I ain't done. Sit back up. Dakota. Sit up. I love y'all. Y'all so pretty. <laughs> when you have an I must, it'll make you speak up. Wow, well, man, listen to this. When you have an I must... It will make you speak up. When you go to school and people start to make fun of your relationship with Jesus Christ, when people start making fun of you on the job, when you have a I must, you have what Bellum has. It's a time to speak up. It's a time to say something. When you go to school and you go to the cafeteria and you bow your head to pray and you say, Lord, I give you thanks for my food because you helped me and my family so much, Lord. We didn't have it, but somebody helped me meet it, Lord. I'm not ashamed of you, Lord. And so when you bow your head in public to pray or when you put a cross in your front yard or when you join a church and all hell breaks lays to you and everybody's trying to speak against you and you go to school and you wear your Caney Creek shirt and, and you're standing there on the promise you wear your cross necklaces and all hell's breaking loose and they start to make fun of you. Oh, you're a Christian, are you? Oh, you go to that church down the road. Oh, whatever. I see. That's just a cult. That's when you speak up and say, I love my church. I love my Jesus. I love that God is working in my life. Watch this. When you do it, your family will do it. Most family are led by their children. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you're over 50, you come from a generation where mom and dad led the house. Now we're in a generation where moms and dads kind of follow what the kids are doing. It, 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 it's, it's the world we live in. Watch. Watch. It's the world you live in. It's good, too, sometimes. Because these kids are running to our church by the dozens. And moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas are following them. Aunts and uncles and family members are following them. I'm almost done. Listen to me. When you have an I must, it will make you speak up when you're supposed to speak up. Job 32, Job had three friends sitting around him in a circle every day and doing nothing but looking at him. Every day he had three friends come over and look at him and tell him of all the wrong things. Look, at that's a good chapter to read, Job 32. You ain't got to go there right now, but go there later. He had three buddies, three people that came over and looked at him every day and said, Job, you must have sinned. Job, you must have done something wrong. Job, you must have done something horrible for God to put all this on you. Job said, I didn't do anything but love God. I didn't do anything but stay faithful. I didn't do anything but love God and stay faithful and give him the credit for my life. All his friends said, curse God and die, Job. Curse him. You've done something, Job. Finally, Job got tired of hearing him speak, and he spoke up. Comes time in your life. Men, men, men. Comes time in your life where you stand up and speak up and become the man that God has created you to be and lead your home and lead your family. 
I charge you today to stand up, be the man that God has called you to be, put your pants on, and lead your family to Christ. I promise that God will do amazing things in your life. I told you I wasn't preaching today. I was just teaching. When you have an I must, it'll make you speak up. There's something about an I must. You can be sitting in a classroom, sitting on the job. They'll be making fun of Christianity, making fun of your Jesus, making fun of your church. The only church in town that's got fire in it. And something inside of you will really, if you really got Jesus, you'll stand up and say something. Sometimes you just can't keep quiet. Sometimes you just have to be bold for Jesus. The I must will help you decide what kind of people you have in your life, what kind of friends you have in your life, and the kind of people you don't need in your life. Jesus says in Luke 19, 5, he looked up at Zacchaeus, said, come down from that tree, Zacchaeus, for this day I'm going to go be in your house. I, he said, I must be in your house today. Zacchaeus was a wee little man in the tree. He got up there because he wanted to see the Lord. The Lord saw him, and he was a big old sinner. And the Lord said, hey, come down from that tree. I must go to your house today. And all the Pharisees, look at him. Look at him. He's going to go eat with him instead of us. He's going to go with them instead of us. You know why religious people don't fit in my church too good? Because I like to hang out with real people. I like to hang out with real people with real struggles. I like to hang out with real people with real struggles that love a real God. That's why religious people, they don't fit good around me too much. Oh, you're not doing it this way. You're not doing it that way. Well, religious people, I'm not going to do it your way. I'm going to do it God's way. Amen. Sweet little Miss Eleanor told me one time, said, Pastor Mark, you know why you're successful? I said, God, she said, that, and that, that man hadn't had his hand on you. See, Jesus, he didn't care what other people thought. He said, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. I must go to your house today. Lord. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him. And he said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today, I must stay at your house. In other words, he was saying, I don't want to go home with the Pharisees. I want to go out there with the sinners. I want to go out there with the people that need me. So when you have an I must attached to your life, it helps you to have the right people and go to the right places that you're supposed to do. When you walk in your divine place, there's some places that you must go that other people can't go with you. There's some places that you must go and it's only for you. Does anybody understand that today? There's some things that God has for you and for you only. He's not giving them to nobody else. He has a door of opportunity open for you this morning. When you walk in your divine places, there's some places that you must go. It's part of your divine destiny. Paul says his I must. He says in Acts 18, he must keep the feasts in Jerusalem. And there was a guy, a prophet. His name was Agabus. His name was Agabus. I got it. See, I told you those weddings and funerals and church services scared the mess out of me. Did I say church services? Are we in one of those things? Agabus, I was just playing with y'all. Not really. I really missed it by a country mile. 
Agabus, say that with me. I don't want to be the only one that's saying it wrong. In Acts 19, Paul says, I must keep the feast in Jerusalem. And Agabus says, I had a dream last night. And if you go there, Paul, they're going to torture you. They're going to beat you. They're going to chain you. They're going to try to kill you. And Paul says, I must be about my father's business. I must. Paul says, I can't worry about the critics. I can't worry about the persecution. Teenagers, you can't worry about the critics. Moms and dads, you can't worry about the persecution. Most of the time when life gets hard, people stop their I must. Don't let a hard time stop your I must. You've had a few setbacks this year. That's okay. God's still on the throne. He's still in the miracle business. You might be wondering where God is. He's here this morning. He hadn't forgot about you. He loves you so much. I, I was thinking about that. Agabus was a prophet. He tied himself up with ropes. He wanted, he wanted the apostle Paul to see him. So he tied himself up with ropes from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. He said, I had a dream. If you go down there, they're going to torture you. And Paul said, I can't worry about all that. Before you and I leave today, I want you to understand that I am and I must is connected to your destiny. If you believe in Jesus Christ with all your heart. I wish God would put every one of us this morning on the road to Damascus. And we would find our identity in Christ. That was my prayer this morning. That every person that comes find their true identity in Christ. Why? So they can quit pretending that there's something that they're really not. You see, God wants to deal with the real you. Not the lie. Not the lie. Not the fake. Not the phony but the real you. Would you let him deal with the real you right now? That's my prayer. Because an I am can take you places you've never been. And I must will allow you to do some great things for God. But you got to take the mask off. This is your road to Damascus. you got to pull that off. Quit acting like you're all that in a bag of chips when all you really need to do is hit your knees and ask God to help you. Amen. I am nothing without God. I am nothing without God. I was nothing before God, and I found God, and I still keep myself in that position. I am nothing without God. Paul says, I'm enough is enough, and it's all I can do. But with God, there's power, and there's purpose, and there's a destiny. I wish you could take your mask off. If you could take your mask off and set it underneath your seat and leave it here right now this morning. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to ask you to do anything crazy. I told you I wasn't preaching this morning. I was just teaching. If you could just take that mask off and you want God to really use you and see you for all your faults, all your imperfections, all your shortcomings, can I enlighten you too? We all have them.
So right now, in your spiritual mind, take your mask off. Place it under your chair. And leave out of here knowing God loves the real you. And He can work with the truth. He cannot work with the lie. He can work with the truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He can work with the truth. He's not going to work with a lie. God knows how to Damascus too. When you see me doing the right thing, listen to me, Cowboy Church. I am done. When you see me doing the right thing, it's because I must is attached to who I am. When you see me not flying off the handle like I wanted to the other day, it's because I am is attached to my I must. I was pulling out of our driveway the other day. Pulled out. Had plenty of time. A truck was racing down none such road. He was way down the road when I pulled out. He was driving a little bitty truck. He hung his arm out the window and just shot me the bird. Man, I got so mad. Who in the world do you think you are? Jack, I threw that truck in reverse. There's only one way out of none such road, Jack. And at that moment, it was through me. <laughs> God said, didn't you have something I wanted you to do? Weren't you supposed to go see her at the hospital? Aren't you supposed to go do that wedding tomorrow? God, I ain't trying to hear all this. Sometimes God shows us who we really are so he can get really right with us. I was so mad. Mary was so mad. I guess we were having to, uh, one of those days, and she said, it's okay with me, honey, if you want to get him. <laughs> She never says that because she knows how crazy I am. And I was like, I'm not going to let the devil stop me from my divine purpose. So when you see me doing right, when we see you doing right, we know you were called for great things. When all your friends are token to token and doing all those things they're not supposed to be, and you're not, because you're connected to your I must. And you have your purpose. Can I say this? And I'm done. I promise. What time is it? We're all going to die. And we're all going to stand before our Lord. And we're all going to give account. For everything we've done. So usually when I'm screaming. And I'm doing the right thing. It's because I must. I'm on my way somewhere. I have somebody that I must talk to. I must be sober. So I can reach what God has me to be. I must be of sound mind. So I can have the wisdom of God. I'm going to be the head and not the tail. I'm going to be the lender and not the bar. I'm going to keep my head up and do the right thing. Because my I am comes from Christ. And so does my must. What drives you? What do you pour yourself into? Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm looking at you, so don't look at me. Close your eyes. What drives you this morning? What's your purpose? What's your purpose? What drives you? Close your eyes. Everyone close your eyes. If you look, I'm just going to call you by name and embarrass you. Close your eyes. Your I am is connected to your I must. 
Right now, you can take the mask off. And you can leave out of this church different. When I go to a rodeo, there's a lot of posers out there. When I come to church, there's a lot of posers. I made my mind up when I got saved, I wasn't going to be a poser. I was going to get right with God. You can ask my friend Chris from Waco who joined me this morning. It's cost me a lot of friends. A lot of people don't talk to me no more. A lot of people make fun of me. A lot of people still judge me. But I don't listen to the critics. What it's gained me is a lot of friends. A lot of people who love me. It's gained me a lot of wisdom, a lot of knowledge, a lot of strength, and a lot of power that I did not have available before Christ. So if you've been battling, you've been going through some things on your own, you don't have to do that anymore. You can ask Jesus into your heart this morning. Pull the mask off first. Pull the mask off. Are you a liar? Do you struggle with lying? Do you struggle with pornography? Take that mask off. Put it under your chair. You leave it in this church. I'm going to collect it all up. I'm going to anoint this place today. I'm going to collect it all up, and I'm going to anoint this place, and I'm going to give all that stuff to God today. You believe I can do it? I believe I can do it. I'm going to collect all that stuff. I'm going to anoint this place with the oil before we bring our lambs in tonight. So whatever it is you're struggling with, take the mask off. That's not you. God created you for great things. God created you for greatness. Somebody received that today. Right now, take your mask off. Slip it under your seat. Caney Creek Cowboy Church, come as you are, but leave changed. If there's anybody here today that needs to ask Jesus into their life, do that right now. Just say, dear Lord, come into my life and save me. Today, I make you my Lord and Savior from this day forward. I'm going to serve you with all my heart. Lord, this time, the real me is going to serve you. In Jesus' name, I give you my heart. You're here today and you need to rededicate your life. Maybe you wear lots of masks. I got a cousin. She's 45 years old. She smokes two packs of cigarettes a day. And when she goes to her mom and dad's house, she bathes herself in cologne and mouthwash. And her parents are in their 60s. They don't even know she smokes. See, she's got a mask on around them. And she's different when she's not around them. How are you when you're at church? And how are you when you're at home? How are you when you're at work? How are you when you're at school? And how are you when you're around Jesus? Rededicate your life to the Lord this morning. Just say, dear Lord, I rededicate my life. You get the real me today. Flaws, imperfections, everything, Lord. Help me to grow from this moment on. I am willing, Lord. And whatever my I must be, I surrender to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give God a praise, amen.